0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie and with me as always is.
1: Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: We are back from our sort of mini vacation away at church camp. So, we missed you guys. We did get a lot of gaming in. <laughs> we had several comments on Facebook like, "Oh, what kind of place this is? What kind of church camp is it? It's the best kind." The kind where we play games all night. We talked yep. about and there was a joke about starting a the church of board games. Jason Smith is the pastor.
1: I don't know if I want that responsibility. That's a lot of a lot of responsibility. I
0: mean, we, we definitely do some evangelizing for the board game mission.
1: That's true. That is Next true. Next
0: thing you know, we're knocking on doors and ties.
1: Have you heard about our Lord and Savior board games?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're gonna do that. Also...
1: It's, pro- it's probably not a good idea.
0: Probably not. Since Jason and I spent so much time outside, um, we both will sound terrible. Jason sounds extra Marlboro Man, and I've kind of got my smelly cat voice on because nature yeah. hates us. So pollen and people, and now we're all runny nose coughing. So hopefully we can make it through this without hacking too much so Jason doesn't have to edit so much out and... um this one might be a little bit shorter just because we're hacking and coughing.
1: Yeah, it's like con crud, but it's, it's a similar thing, except it's because we were out in nature and <laughs> al- allergies killed us.
0: Because of that, let's move right along to news. And I've only got two items today just because um, I kind of want to keep them really close. And yeah, my voice sounds gross. So the first one I want to talk about um, is, I don't know if this is like a niche market, but I have actually heard of this IP. And the first game I want to talk about is Rat Queens to the Slaughter. So this is from Deepwater Games. And um, this is a board game in the universe with the characters from the Rat Queens um, comic book series, which I've actually heard about on more than one occasion. Um,
1: yeah, I've never I've never heard of that at oh. all, which shouldn't be a surprise,
0: right? Well, and it's it's kind of a very, um, it's like a little bit dark comedy. It's definitely, um, I think it's a little like girl power, as in general. But I've heard a lot of people really like it. I think um, some of my favorite people from Critical Role um, are really into Rat Queens. So, they have made a board game where you can—it's one you can play it by yourself, or it's a cooperative up to four players, where you're going to defend your city. Um, and the cool thing is, like, so you play as the Rat Queens, and you're playing—you're playing cooperative, cooperatively. But it's not just like an attacking game. There's some deck building to it. So each um, particular Rat Queen has like their own, like eight. I think it's like in a set of eighteen power up cards that are unique to or yeah, 18 ability cards that are unique to that player. So you're working together um, to defeat these big bads, trying to take over your city, which, you know, pretty classic kind of game. Um, They also have like an extra expansion. If you go in a little bit bigger, a couple like a new, a new big bad, some stretch goals and stuff. But um, if you like Rat Queens, if you like um, girl power, if you like cooperative battle adventures, then you might want to check this one out. So, Rat Queens to the Slaughter has four days left on Kickstarter, and the base pledge is 49 bucks.
1: Yeah, the theme is cool. I've never heard of it, but yeah, that's cool. Are the people from um, Critical Role doing something with this, or is that just uh, no a coincidence that's just, that they like It's it. just,
0: um, and actually, I heard them talk about it probably years ago. They were talking about oh, okay. it, the zine, so... Um, that's the only reason i'm like hey wait i recognize rat queens and then my correspondent in the field also happened to mention this um when he sent me some info so i thought oh yeah i've heard of rat queens so i want to give him like another little shout out a little more um i don't i don't know what you call that publicity i guess say hey check
1: yeah with our with our huge uh huge scope and uh, outreach of people
0: yeah, I know, right? It's it's um, sort of ah. like a tower defense type game um, in some ways, but it's like dark comedic sass sorcery is the comic series. I would like to well, read cool. it. I just never keep up with comics because um, I'm terrible at that because I have a billion other things to read, but I've heard good things. So if you're interested, check it out. My other one is equally strange, but The artwork is really funny, and it just totally drew me in. So the second game I want to talk about is called Naked Court, the card game.
1: Like Naked Court as in like Judge Judy or Naked like volleyball?
0: So Naked like um, the Emperor's New Clothes. It is kind of... Oh,
1: okay. Uh, okay. So
0: it's based... That kind of court. Yes, it's based on that fairy tale. So each player gets their own court. So you have a king, queen, um, jack, and... And then like a random, no emperor. So you have four um, different members of your court. And then you're playing cards to clothe them because you need to clothe them. And so there's like another element here of like um, your female characters wear female clothes or androgynous clothes. Your male characters wear wear male clothes or androgynous clothes. And your androgynous characters can wear either. And so you kind of can have a mix. You can choose um, who's in your court. And then once you clothe them, which I'm not quite sure how that process works, then there are like these tailor cards that come in, and you're basically trying to get everyone else's court naked, um, because once they're all naked, they're out, and if you're the last one with clothes, <laughs> you win. So
1: that's really that's really fun.
0: Yes, but the thing about these tailor cards is they don't work for free. You have to pay them, and the currency is the clothing. So you're trying to balance, Okay, what am I going to pay for to turn like other people's clothes invisible? Um, But that means getting rid of my own clothes and I need to make sure I'm still clothed or I'm out. So I just think that's a really kind of fun, like, push your luck kind of pull. And like the... Uh, clothing is funny there's like this one that says patriots pajamas and they're like red and white striped and they have like the blue stars and a little butt flap or there's like a porcelain corset um there's um i don't know, just all kinds of embellished trousers an ornate dagger a corn cob corset i don't like just crazy stuff and like the artwork is like a really cool um i don't know like funky like old school um like cartoon style. Now, it is family-friendly. There is a booster pack that you can buy that actually has completely nude NSFW Royal cards.
1: Of course there is. Of
0: course there is. It's for $14. No sexual situations are portrayed. They won't sell it in stores. Um, and this is a rather classical depiction of nudity. So you could... Oh,
1: like 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 the old art? Yeah, that's
0: funny. Yeah, so you could get that. But otherwise, um, the regular one, very... It's very tasteful and, and nothing awkward. But except the fact that it's funny that they're, they're, na- they could be naked. <laughs> and I just think it's like the most ridiculous thing. But like a fun little card game, a play on that um, Emperor's Clothes, because you're using these other cards to turn other people's um, clothing invisible. And then once they're naked, they're out. So if that sounds like a funny, like kooky, like family card game, it's called Naked Court, the card game. There's nine days left in the Kickstarter, and it's $29. Yeah,
1: that's really funny. I really have no interest in playing this, but it's hilarious.
0: I know that's what I thought too. I would play it. I love the artwork. I I like that idea. Then of you've got multi use cards, so you want to keep your people clothed, but you have to pay with the clothes. You know, you pay with the shirt off your back, literally, to take down other people. So really, to be mean, it's it costs you. And and I just I I really like that kind of delicate balance so I thought it was fun. So, yep, that's Naked Court, and that's all the news I'm going to give you this week.
1: All right, so let's talk about some games that we played. Um, As we already said, we played a pile of games at church camp for Board Game Jesus, and um, but we're only going to talk about a couple. Because, you know, we don't want to be here all day. And we don't really feel that great. So that's what we're going to do. So the first one we're going to talk about is a game that we've had for a bit. I did a review. Katie hadn't played it before. But she finally got to play it. And that game is called Meeple Land from Blue Orange. And Meeple Land is a game where you're using um, different shaped tiles. They're all like squares and rectangles. And you're trying to build the best amusement park on this little board that's in front of you. The trick here is you have to have the roads connect. 'Cause you have to have people to be able to walk from the entrance to get to your ride or your attraction. And then some, some of the attractions are going to be able to hold extra visitors or whatever attendees if they're next to a certain thing. Like they may need to be next to a bathroom or a gift shop or, you know, an eatery, whatever, or a eatery and a bathroom, because when you go to some of those places you have to go to the bathroom. And the way and what you're trying to do is you're trying to draft this bus full of people who are coming to your park and you're trying to make sure you have places for those colors of people, different people are going to have a different value more. If you can get different um, types of attractions in your park, you're going to score different points. But at the end of the game, if people can't get into your park because you don't have space, you're going to lose some points. And if you have roads that connect to nothing, you're going to lose some points. So it's a, it's kind of a thinky game, but it's also not super heavy fairly pretty family weight and I think is enjoyable. So what did you think about Meeple Land?
0: Um, I liked it. It's like a Santa Monica and like the park part of Dinosaur Island had a baby. Yeah,
1: I can see that. That's what this feels like.
0: And so I I liked it and I was a little concerned because there were tiles you had to lay, but...
1: They're um, all square. They're all effectively square, they were all so it's all not squ- a big
0: deal. All squares, so I managed it. And you could pick them up, and turn around, and there wasn't a huge need for secrecy. Um, the the paths and making sure they're connected and getting that all to work out is a huge pain in the butt. Like at first, That's kind you're of like thank you too. Yes, because it's, it's at first you're like, oh, I'm just concerned about which rides I can get and make sure I have money. And then you're like, holy crap! Wait, and then I didn't realize that if you had people left over, they're negative points. Um, it was on the score sheet but I didn't read the score sheet
1: yeah I did I did mention no, it too you I didn't. just don't yes I did you, Impa- it was quick it was quick
0: I don't remember that but I had not played it before um, so I don't feel like my score was really good but I like that challenging of okay what can I put next to this and it's also hard because when you lay a tile you have to lay it next to a tile that's already out there so you can't lay one and then hope that you find the perfect fit Um, So it really is pressing you to make the best of what you've got. And I know some people like gripe and complain about that, like big baby whiners, like, I don't know, people named Dan probably would say, oh, there's a lot of luck involved in this. And um, I just don't like that. Well, get over yourself, play better. And that's kind of the thing I like about, it. like, I want to go and play this again because now I'm like, okay, I got the basic rules. Now let's really see what I can do with this park and get how can I get more people in? And maybe I want to err on the side of fountains. Maybe I don't want to collect as many of the different types of rides because I want to be able to just get more people in for points. Like, there's just, I think a really, I didn't even think about, I didn't know or pay attention to the fact that different colors give you more points in your park. Um, until the end again uh so (laughs) i probably would play it better the next time but i i really liked it i like theme park games in general um and so i think i think it's fun and i had a good time playing with everybody didn't you win no amber won she like beat the pants off everybody she's like 40 points and i think i had like 29 or something
1: yeah i don't want to talk about how many i had because
0: you had yeah you even had a worse score than me and i was like what is happening
1: I I only built like half of my park. I, there was like a half of my board I didn't even do anything to. I don't know
0: what bad. you were doing the rest of the time. I just...
1: I don't e- I don't know either. Clearly, I wasn't playing because there. I was terrible. Yeah,
0: but I, I did like it, and it can come off the board of elegi- eligibility.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. I need to do that. Mm-hmm. All right, so that that's game number one. Yeah. Game number two is a game we've talked about numerous times a lot, but... We played it with the newest expansion called The Alchemists, and this game is called Quacks of Quedlinburg with The Alchemist Expansion. So it's still the base game. It's still Quacks. But what The Alchemist Expansion adds is it gives you this extra board, which is like a little, I don't know what it's called. Is that a flask or whatever that is?
0: Uh, I don't know. It kind of looks like an Erlenmeyer flask or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's some kind of science thing. And <laughs> it's got it's got numbers on, on the jar from 0 to 10. And basically what happens is at the end of the round, before you start determining who gets to roll the die for all that and doing all the payouts on the board, you're going to do what's called an essence phase. And you're going to get to move up your token in this essence phase based on how many different colored chips you have in your pot. If the person next to you On either side, explode, you get to move up one for each of them. And if you have exactly seven white chips in your pot, you get to move up one as well. And the reason you're doing that is twofold. You're going to get some bonuses when you get to the end, or however far you move, you may get some bonuses. And you're going to have this little patient card that is going to maybe give you a special ability through the next round, or give you something that you can use that essence for to help you just get better points and all that kind of thing. So it doesn't really change the game a ton other than it gives you that extra phase that you got to pay attention to that can help you to, um, get more points and have an advantage in the next round. And it gives you some more, um, Loco weed boards, I think two additional ones and all new white chips, which is really cool. And the best part, new cards. So even if you're not playing with any of the expansions, it has just cards to use with the base game only. And that is awesome. So what did you think of this expansion? To quacks.
0: Yeah, the events cards are always great because I like them in the base game anyway. Um, I feel like this again just kind of ups the gamerness of it. So big baby whiners, Dan I'm talking to you, um, who say, Oh, this is too luck based, you can kind of use there's lots of different ways to do mitigation. And this is yet another expansion that that speaks to that. Um Because then you can you can choose. So we had I think you choose three of these different types of patients that you can work with. Um, And so you already see, okay, here's the kind of bonuses that I could be getting, um, you know, like the special power that I can get. Um, So then and like, you can look at it be like, Ooh, I don't know. Do I want this? And then they're all seem pretty good. They all seem good. Um, and so then even then when you're deciding to move up your essence, I think it's like a, it looks like a still, like a distillery kind of thing. Oh
1: yeah. 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 It does. come Which like would we'll
0: understand the essence part. Um, When you're doing that, so then it's like, ooh, do I want to push to get to seven exactly? Because it's going to help me move up my essence. Like, oh, but I don't want to bust. So it even makes that a finer tension happening in this game that's already good. Dan, you're an idiot. Um, But it like it it just it just gives you a little bit more and you could play it without it. It's fine. Um, It can be a lot like we played Herb Witches and alchemists in the base game. So that is kind of a lot. And so that's where the board is nice that you can follow the steps. Although it'd be nice if they made a new board for the expansion so that you could see all the different steps. Um, But then it gives you, like for me, I love when there's lots of different phases to work at at a game. You know, my favorites, you know, Coinbroker in Austria, you've got tracks and, um, you know, people that need food fulfillment contract fulfillment and then you've got movement like i like that happening and so i think that's why i think i actually play better with the alchemist expansion because i feel like oh i'm not as careless sometimes about how i play um and i i won when we play this which was really fun i like it um but yeah i don't know if i would dump it on someone right away but i definitely think it heightens it and if you didn't catch it, I'm making fun of Dan excessively, because he called me out in the last Board Game Rundown episode. <laughs> and that aggression will not stand.
1: Yeah, I would agree that if you're playing Quacks for the first time, you probably want to leave this out. Or pick one of the two expansions and not both together. Right. But, but we'd all played before, so I didn't feel like it was that big a deal.
0: And I love how they like seamlessly make it so it integrates right into the top of the board, like matching colors. Like It just feels... Very much in line with the game. So I, I, I like that production quality and the way it looks as well. It just it's good. It's good stuff.
1: All right. So the last game we want to talk about is also going to kind of tie in with our feature, which we'll get to in a minute. And maybe Katie can do some fancy wordsmithing <laughs> when we get close to the end. But this game is an old out-of-print game from Days of Wonder. There has been a reprint. It's like a super deluxe version, way out of our budget. But I got this one in a trade. And this one's called Cleopatra and the Society of Architects. So this is a game where you're trying to collect different resources, which are cards. And the way you're getting these cards is in the market. And some of the cards are going to be face up, some are going to be face down, so you don't always know what you're getting. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to use those cards to build different pieces of Cleopatra's palace or temple, whatever Egyptian live in. And you're gonna you're gonna get points based on what you build. So there's obelisks, there's some sphinxes, there's uh, a door frame, there's a wall, there's a throne. And there's mosaics that go around the top, which are just, you know, flair to make it look cool. But you can also take even better actions with cards that may give you some corruption. And the, the cool thing about this game is if you have more corruption than everybody at the end, even if you're in the lead, you get eaten by the alligator and you lose. And I think that is awesome. And Katie really likes it because she may or may not have gotten eaten by the alligator. And it just gives you more motivation to try to... Yeah, You might, you might want to take those good actions... But you also won't need to get rid of that, um, that corruption. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nice balance there. And this game looks amazing on the table with all the pieces... Um, and it's just really fun. I enjoy this game quite a bit. So what did you think about Cleopatra and the Society of Architects?
0: Um, I have mixed feelings about this. Like, I kind of liked it. Um, It's because you got eaten by the alligator. That sucks. Let me tell you, I had the highest score. (laughs) I beat all all these hosers with my great scoring opportunities. I picked the right things to build. You know, I hung back a little bit. I was taking a lot of cards, you know, playing. And honestly, it came down to I didn't want to bid a lot on the— like this last round, and I ended up taking, um, taking what's it called again? Corruption. Corruption from the person who was in the lead, and and that balance really changed everything. Um, but. It, it it is really fun, like because you. I like how you can go about different ways. Like, do I want to build these statues out front? Do I want to build the obelisk? Do I want to work around? Do you want to try to get a bonus for, you know, building around the temple and then building the door frame? Like, do I want to build the throne? Like, am I going to go big points or do a lot of little points? And am, how am I going to balance my cards? Like, I, I I do really enjoy that. I like the specialty like use cards. I actually had never seen. I've heard of this game, but I never looked at it. Um, and so I actually looked up the deluxe edition, and I probably shouldn't have because, whoa. It, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it, our the our old and busted looks good, but, dude, this temple is it, sick. It looks way better. Yeah, it's way And, better. like, even some people have painted them or, like, put even just putting a wash on the pieces. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I know I'll never have you. But that the other thing I didn't really like about it was the mosaic on top. So the flooring of the throne room, you can put these different shaped pieces on it and you're trying to, like, carve out little spots where you can go and um, loosen your corruption. Yeah, that is so hard for me because we've talked about how I can't handle the polyominoes. Um, I. I was like, well, I think I want to build one of these. But I'm looking at what's on top. And I really don't know if it's going to create a good look here. And we're trying to cover up these palm trees. And that that part was rough. Um, But otherwise, it was a really cool game. And the other thing I liked about this, and this kind of leads us to our topic today, is it looks so impressive on the table, like especially at the end, I mean, even the setup looks good. But the end, when you've got these obelisks, you've got these statues, you've got a throne room, you've built up this temple, people stopped and took notice. And it just has the best table presence. And so that's what we want to talk about. Games with great table presence. Games where people walk by and say, ooh, that looks cool. What is that you're playing? Ooh, I like that. That looks fun. And for us, often the table presence is maybe some of the reason why we buy some of the games because, yeah, some things are gimmicky. We know that. We played enough games to understand that. And while we're not minis people, we are not, you know, immovable in regards to pretty looking games. And so uh,
1: you can speak for yourself.
0: Okay. Well, that's true, but you at least found three.
1: <laughs> that's true. You're, you're not wrong.
0: So um, we're going to talk about our top three games that just look good on a table. So babe, start us off.
1: All right. So the first one that I want to talk about is the whole reason that I wanted to do this list. Cause I wanted to talk about this game. Um, so I played this with my daughter. I don't know, a couple days before we recorded and this game is fantastic, and it's called Mall Madness. Uh, I'm late to the game. I wasn't playing this kid when I was, or playing this game when I was a kid. Uh, I didn't know anybody that had this game, so I'm kind of regretting that because this game is awesome. But this is a game. It's effectively a roll and move. You're trying to move through this uh, mall and buy things at the store, hoping to get them on clearance or maybe sale, so you can get the most stuff without spending the pile of money and have to run back and forth to the bank. Um, unlike a roller move, though, you're going to push a little button on this little electronic mall thing in the middle. And it's gonna tell you who's moving, how far you're moving. Sometimes you have to go to the bathroom, sometimes you leave your lights on, have to go back out of the parking lot. It, it's crazy. Sometimes you'll go to buy something, there'll be a long line, or they'll be out of stock, and you can't buy it and you just wasted a turn. Oh, it's so good. So irritating, but I love it. But I think this game looks amazing on the table because when it's all set up, it looks like a little a little miniature mall. And it just it's big. It takes up this whole we have a table in our back room that's the size of our mat. If you ever watch a video, you know what our mat looks like. This game takes up the whole entire mat, which is awesome and it just looks cool when the people are walking around. All the storefronts are different based on what they sell. It just looks awesome on the table. So while it's not new and shiny, I don't think that takes away from the fact that it can still look cool on the table. So that's why I wanted to talk about this list and that's why I wanted to talk about mall madness.
0: Let's go to the mall today. And also, not just it's it's a big sprawling mall, which are becoming things of the past, but. There's definitely a nostalgia factor when people see Mall Madness. They're like, "I remember that. Oh, I played that game. Oh, my friend had that game, but I never had it." There's just something about that big, huge, dorky mall that's like hot pink, and I mean, really terrible graphics. But
1: it is—it's awful, <laughs> but it looks awesome.
0: Yes, it totally draws people in. Um, my first one is a very pretty game. And as much as Jason complains and complains about the different pieces of this game, i.e., the big tree,
1: yeah, I was like, just one, just one piece in particular.
0: Um, there is no denying that this game looks good on the table, and that is Everdell. And um, so in Everdell, you're it's tableau builder and worker placement game. So you are going to different spots, collecting your the pretty smooth stones or little squishy berries or the twigs, or the resin, to um, play characters and their homes out in your tableau in your own little Everdell town um, to get the most points. And the artwork is adorable. Um, where the characters go is cute. The, you know, by the little river and all kinds of little cute things. Um the resources, like I mentioned, are so good looking. I love them. and I love to touch them and play with them because I'm a weird tactile person. And I just think they add to it. And then the tree, of course, um, just kind of where you keep your extra people, where you can set goal cards on. It is annoying to try and see the goals, but it just ties that whole like little forest red wall-esque theme together. So my first choice is Everdell.
1: Yeah, this does a it good... It- if, if for nothing else, the art is amazing, and it's nice to look at those cards. All right, so the next one I want to talk about is a game kind of like, in the same vein that we didn't mention this, Cleopatra and the Society of Architects uses the box as part of the game. This game also does that, and this game's called Dice Forge. So the reason I picked this one is a couple things. One, it has customizable dice, so you can change the faces to make them be more what you want them to do, give you more points, give you more red or blue resources, whatever. But the reason that I like the way it looks on the table is the box and the board where you're moving your little meeples around connect and form a big picture. And then what you're going to be doing is you're taking the board that you can buy the dice faces from and sitting it inside the box so it looks like you're all of it's connected. So you're moving your little guy around, you're going to go into the building and there's going to be like sanctuaries filled with die faces. It just looks really good. The art is amazing. Um, the bits are really nice like the die faces are like nice plastic and this is just a game that it happened at camp we set it up I was going to play it with my buddy Brandon and somebody else walked by and like hey this game looks awesome can I play I'm like sure so we sat down we played and loved it so it's just one of those games that while it may not look as flashy as some of the other ones on the list I think that it definitely draws you in because it looks cool on the table. So Dice Forge is my second one.
0: Yeah, I love where the dice faces sit. It's like these really pretty pools or something. Like it's, I just really like the artwork and the way it all lays out. Like it looks bigger and more impressive than what it really is. Like you're just rolling die and like picking up new faces and picking up cards. Like that's pretty much it, but it does look really good. Um, My next one is a game that I don't hear a lot of people talk about. And while this game isn't great at two this game is a blast at the higher player counts. And that game is Victorian Masterminds. So in this game, you're trying to build your Doomsday Machine. And so that's really the beginning of what I like about this game is I love that steampunk kind of look to it. And it's got a cartoony steampunk. So it's like Dick Dastardly meets steampunk. And I really enjoy that a lot. It looks good. Um, your Doomsday Machine looks cool. They're all different. Um, but it's not like too technical. Like, I like things a little on the whimsical side. Um, so, no, you're so shocked by that. Um, but not only that, when you are playing, so you're playing your, you've got what, four? Five? Four.
1: Uh, are you talking about the little gear yes. things? Yeah, there's four or five or six. I'm not sure. <laughs> one of those numbers.
0: I think there's four or five. I feel like But you have gears in your color, and they're thick and chunky. And then on one side, they have their particular type of person, engineer or whatever, that has a certain player power. So you're playing them face down in a stack. So you've got these cool gears laying down in a stack. And when the stack is full, they fire off, and you get the resources that you, you're placed your. um your gear on but also at these different places you can capture buildings and so there's like the Eiffel Tower and Big Ben and so you've got these cool minis that look like these you know famous lands landmarks looks great and then also they have these other little miniatures with it that are just kind of generic buildings that you can also capture as well so you've got these really cool pieces in front of you you've got these chunky um player color gears you've got your fun little doomsday machine that you're piecing together piece by piece um and that that like victorian steampunky kind of artwork um I just really think it, it looks cool. Uh, it's totally different. And I think it's underrated. So that's Victorian Masterminds.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things. One, minis. Two, Eric M. Lang. OK, so you guys can just step off. <laughs> we like some of their games. Uh, but yeah, this don't play it at two. Like Katie said, it definitely plays better with more people because the spaces fire off a little more. And it's just it's a little more entertaining. I think at higher player counts. All right, so the next one, I think it's I have one more. You do? Uh, yes. So my next one and the last one that I'm going to talk about is a new-ish game. I just did a video for it, I don't know, a couple months back. And it's called Die of the Dead. So this is a game where you're trying to get one of your souls up the Magnolia or Marigold Stairs to the Land of the Living on the day of the dead. I'm not sure. Sh- I'm terrible with the, I'm sorry. Marigold. But- I don't
0: understand why you keep saying Magnolia. This is not a <laughs> Southern Steel- plantation.
1: Steel Magnolias. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, the reason I put this on the the list is a couple things. One, the stairs, you have to put them together and they look cool sitting on the table. And two, it has die shakers that are coffins. And they're in like the cool day of the dead pattern, like um, sugar skull type art. It's really awesome. All the art in this game is really top-notch, and it's just so fun shaking those coffins around, moving them around on the table, and making your die climb up the steps. Again, probably not as awesome-looking as Everdell or Victorian Masterminds, but I still think it looks cool on the table, and it's my list, so I can put what I want on it. So my third one, Die of the Dead.
0: Yeah, I remember when this first was like leaked or promoted on Kickstarter or whatever— I thought, oh, my gosh, look at this. This looks so cool. Like, it really draws your eye. Um, The colors are bright. It definitely has, like, that sugar skull artwork throughout. Um, And you think, oh, coffins, what a morbid, you know, dice cup. No, they look so cool. They're really fun to use. Like, they're just gorgeous. And they're big. Like, and the stairs as well. It's just, it's very eye-catching. This is a good pick. I really like this game. My last one is is an oldie, but a goodie. Um, I'm sh- and we've talked about this before. This is a classic game. This is a game that I would recommend people get when they're starting off, um, you know, developing a collection, especially if you have kids. Anytime people just see the box for this game and they want to play it, and that's Takenoko. Now, not only is the box art absolutely adorable because who can deny freaking pandas, but out on the table, the the color scheme is just so appealing. That like kind of muted pinks and greens and yellow. And then you're laying out your irrigation. You're stacking up your different colors of bamboo. You're moving your little panda around, your little gardener around. If you got the expansion. you got a little girl panda, little boy panda, little baby pandas. It's just, it's just eye-catching. It draws people in. They're like, ooh, pandas, that's so cute. Like, wait, you get to stack these, you know, plants on top. Like, it there's just something so appealing to this game, um, that it is, and and the fact that it's an easy one to play, it's a great start because people will gravitate toward it as eye candy, and then they'll find that it's really easy to play, and that's a good game to get them into the hobby with. So my last choice is takanoko
1: Yeah, uh, if only we had the big deluxe version where the bamboo pieces are like three inches each or something for real. That'd be even more what? eye pop, and the panda is like a size of a Funko Pop or something. I know why <laughs> can't we huge. get that one. Because it's super expensive; it's way over the fifty dollars price range. But it's range. so
0: cool! Like, I just—why don't you let me have nice things?
1: I'll let you. It's a fact of being able to spend money. I mean, I would let you if we had money for it. I mean, we could buy it. I'm not saying that like we couldn't buy it, but we're not going to buy it. That's that's what we're saying.
0: You see, you see what I have to live with, everybody—the deprivation. <laughs> Yeah, it's that I terrible. go through.
1: It's awful. It's
0: awful. Um, in a similar vein, um, also another game that I want the deluxe version of is Takedo. Um, so I, these are some honorable mentions that I thought I threw in because there are so many really nice looking games out there. Um, Takedo is another one. It's got this really minimalistic artwork, but it's so beautiful. Um, just the board laid out, and then when you're also laying out the paintings and you're putting them in order, and you see that picture develop, those pictures are so pretty. Um, it just really draws you in. Um, and of course, you know, I'm partial to all Asian themed games. So, also Yamatai, Days of Wonder has, you know, historically done, really great production value. And Yamatai is no exception. It's got these really great, like, Tory gates and different things you're putting on islands, your little ships. Like, uh, it's just, it's, the board itself is so pretty. Um, so seeing that out there with those different pieces on it is really eye-catching. And also, if I can choose a non-Asian game, um, Five Tribes as well. Like, yes, you've got those little colored meeples and those aren't, you know, thrilling on tiles, but when you get you know the camels out there, when you get the oasis out there, when you get those cool little turrets out there, um, your little—I don't know what the the kasbah. What what else do you put on there?
1: Palaces. Oh,
0: palaces! Right, kasbah palaces. Did you
1: say turret like a machine gun?
0: No, like a like the bidding markers. Those are like turrets oh, on like a okay. castle.
1: Right, right, right. I got you, got you, got you. I was like, there's no guns in this game. No, there's no guns in this game. <laughs> there should be. That would make it a way different game.
0: Yeah. There's assassins. I mean, they use knives, That's
1: though. That's true. That is true. Um,
0: so both, like, Five Tribes, it just it looks nice. The colors are rich and bold. That really draws people in, too.
1: Speaking of camels, the next game is Camel Up. Camel Up is looks amazing. It's got stacks of camels. You can have five camels on top of each other, all different colors. This pyramid that you shake like a fool and try to work your best to get the die to come out the top—it's so f- crazy. And then when you're playing it, everybody's up and getting loud and crazy because that's just the type of game that is camel up. Yeah, and, so and
0: people when we uh, we played this at church camp, a lot of people came by and wanted to play it, or they thought it was the same game as Cleopatra and the side of architects.
1: <laughs> that's true. I mean, it does have the same theme, kind of.
0: Kind of. I don't understand. There's it's
1: like, desert, the, desert. There's
0: tan desert, I guess, but. They were drawn to it just like they were to Cleopatra. And there's a lot more going on in Cleopatra. But there's something about those little chunky camels and that crazy pyramid dice shaker that people just really respond to.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a good one. And the last one that's on our honorable mentions is a game from Stonemaier. They could probably have a couple on the list because most of their games look pretty good. True, But um, we picked Tapestry mostly because those minis that come in that game look fantastic when you get them on your player board and then if you have the expansion it adds even more minis and just more stuff to look at and um i think the art looks pretty good so there is that um but the minis really make it stand out
0: right and they're already all like full color painted and stuff so it's not like you're just putting a bunch of drab minis out there you're putting these like serious full color like space stations and School buildings and whatever, and then you've got your own like little buildings that you're putting out as well from your player board. So it's like got so much going on. Um, in what I think is it's a game of tracks, but I think those little buildings and stuff, like I get excited about them. But you know me, you know how I do.
1: You know who else likes tapestry? Dan,
0: I forget what he said to me in actually the last episode, that's how little I care about the words from his mouth, but I just know (laughs) that. He threw shade and I'm not having any of it.
1: Put him down. Put him in his place. Do you remember what he said? I don't remember what he said. He said that your bo- unboxings were boring.
0: Oh. I even say they're boring. I acknowledge it myself. Jason's one that labeled them not so unboring not so boring unboxings. I mean, I don't know what more you want.
1: People Because the Dice Tower has boring unboxings and I wanted to be different because I didn't want people to get our channel confused with the Dice Tower.
0: Oh, we're so because- similar
1: were so similar and so so quality yeah
0: don't even get me started oh my gosh like i would ever wear a terrible hat or an ugly vest no
1: that's what i'm gonna start doing i'm gonna start wearing suspenders you he has the tie game I'm start wearing the suspender game
0: you will not absolutely not
1: you don't watch our videos anyway so maybe i already do that
0: no you don't i would see you i would know
1: maybe I, m- no maybe I you do. don't
0: look do you want to do you want to be thrown under the bus or do you want dan thrown under the bus Okay.
1: Let's go back to Dan. Yeah, let's go back to So
0: Dan. speaking of Dan, you can always check out the Board Game Rundown. Um, and we're going to start a uh, protest to get Dan booted off. Somebody else put on because he doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, it's Bob, Tim, and Spencer sometimes. He's been missing in action. I'm not sure what's going on. But Bob and Dan and Tim host the show mostly. <laughs> but we'll just say Bob and Tim. <laughs> we like them because, the best. Yeah. It's a good show. They now have audio an audio podcast version, which is cool. You can actually do stuff on your phone and not be stuck watching YouTube, which is Yeah, it's better awesome. if I
0: have to hear Dan's voice, but to look at his smug face, that's the worst.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. Yeah, I, whenever he starts talking, I flip my phone over.
0: Shun. So, <laughs> things that look good, not Dan, um, tell us, what games do we miss? And actually, I know there are some games out there that have, what I've seen from pictures, good table presence, like, um, Photosynthesis or Santorini, but I haven't played them. And so I try really hard to only talk about games that I have played that I know about. So that leaves the door wide open for you guys to let us know what games you think look the best on the table that draw people in, that people say, hey, what game are you playing? That looks awesome. Tell us in our Facebook page, in the comments to the show, or you want to be a member of hashtag The Riveted, our Facebook group, where we just talk about games, post pictures of games. Um it's not political, it's not crazy. We're just there to talk about games. Like that's it. Um also Instagram, share those photos of the games that look good so then I can visually see them. I'm not, you know, I need to see it. Or on Twitter, do that whole retweet thing and uh show us pictures of good looking games. Also, YouTube. Um, we do not video ourselves because I know that I have a face for radio. Um, so,
1: and I definitely have a face for radio. So
0: we do have our audio on YouTube. So you might be listening there. Feel free to comment on um, the YouTube and say these games are what looks really good on my table. Um, also, check out our YouTube page or Facebook page. We're always trying to share news, um, new reviews. My not-so-boring, but-they-are-boring unboxings. If you think they're boring, don't watch them. I really don't care, because guess what? I don't read the comments, and I don't watch my own videos. So take that, Dan. Um, but you're free. Yeah, please. Um, Jason works really hard on those videos. He does such a great job. Um, so if it helps you out, if you learn about games that way... Then our job is done.
1: And I'm sure that, like Katie said, you guys have way more games that look nicer on your table (laughs) than we do. I was looking around trying to grab some more, and we have a (laughs) lot of drab games.
0: That's one of of the hallmarks of our collection. Is it cheap slash free and have really ugly art? Oh, yeah, that's for us.
1: I mean, and there are some that have nice art, but they're just, you know, they're just a board. There's nothing like eye-popping. It's just a board. So, like, we
0: have some, but... Not a lot to do like, Well, we got a lot of in. like Franz Clemens art, which, you know, God love him. He tries. Um
1: but he's actually a better artist than most people, but yeah. I Mr. know. Ragnarok, I just awesome.
0: you know, I, I love Grand Ossie Hotel. Not amazing artwork on there. Uh, I tricked it out so it looks better. Um even like, you know, I love Lorenzo. Woof. Uh Orléans, I we Marco Polo,
1: I'm not sure if that's him.
0: I'm just saying, all these games are ugly that I love. Oh yeah, Lon- yeah that London, run. gray cards. That's pretty nobody much nobody
1: did. I don't. I don't think anybody did art on that one. Yeah, Marty Wallace. Marty Marty Wallace just grabbed some pictures and threw them on a card. Yeah, I think.
0: well, that's that's pretty par for a lot of his games. I think they're all hideous, but you know,
1: London actually looks better than some of them.
0: <laughs> and that's saying something. So, yeah, I'm sure you guys have a lot more games that look really good on a table in your collection. So we would love to hear about them since apparently um, we have beer goggles on when it comes to games and the way they look.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That is true.
0: Well, I think that's it. I'm starting to cough a lot more than I want to. Yeah, same. Well, thanks for hanging in there with us, guys. Um, And we missed you last week, but we're back Um, And we'd love to hear from you. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.
0: Except you, Dan.